0: Here's what Pittsburgh is talking about. The city just received more than $3 million in state grant money for infrastructure projects. Bridge and street repairs are a major part of those funds, but some of it is for sidewalks too, which aren't always accessible for everyone. We're bringing back our conversation with Access Mob Pittsburgh founder Elisa Grishman to learn what it's like to navigate the city with a wheelchair and what we can do to make Pittsburgh more accessible. It's Wednesday, March 22nd. I'm Francesca DeBecco, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh.
1: Any time I start working with a group of students or anyone really, I I ask the question of, what is the most common disability accommodation in the country? And everyone's silent every time. And then I'll I'll say, I'll give you a hint. You're looking at someone with it right now, and they'll all say wheelchair. I'll say, no, it's glasses. Yeah. And that, whoa, moment on all of their faces as they suddenly realize that glasses are just a normalized disability accommodation. And then you get them going, and they kind of just
0: get it. So, Elisa, can you tell me a little bit about the problem areas that the group is focused on right now?
1: Yeah, we have three big battlegrounds with the sidewalk that we're working on right now. The first has been a bit of a success recently, and it's sidewalk dining, because there isn't a good regulatory system in place for sidewalk dining to define where the dining can happen and how much of the sidewalk is still accessible. Right. And so I, I, all the time, I, I almost fell off a sidewalk once trying to get around a restaurant in Shadyside. And now with the pandemic and more and more sidewalk dining happening, a lot of disability advocates were really concerned about having more and more barriers to both getting passed on the sidewalk, but also... Parking because people who use wheelchair vans need to be able to put the ramp out. And if the sidewalk dining is there against the curb as opposed to against the building, we can't get out of our cars. Yeah. Thankfully, you know, as I said, this was a bit of a win with the city. We had a number of people working directly with city council people, and they got the changes made to make sure that there was enough defined space to let people get past and to make sure that it was written down that sidewalk dining had to be against the building rather than against the curb. So, Mm. you know, at least that one, there's a, a bit of hope.
0: Hey, Pittsburgh. Behind those stately red doors on Bingham Street, the brilliant minds at Pittsburgh's City Theatre have a brand new stage show for you. It's a modern revamp of the Shakespearean classic Hamlet. Fat Ham follows a young queer black man named Juicy whose father visits from beyond the grave to demand Juicy avenge his murder. Check it out through March 24th and get your tickets at citytheatercompany.org. Use code CityCast all one word, for $5 off. So I know that one of the things that you do to sort of keep check on accessibility in Pittsburgh is um, you report unsafe sidewalk conditions through the Myberg app. For folks who've never used it, how does that work?
1: So MyBerg is an extension of calling 311 on your phone to report things directly to the city. Uh, You can use it from everything from down wires, unsafe sidewalk conditions, cars that have been left unattended, you name it, you can report it there. The MyBerg app is a nice convenient way to do it without having to call. Uh, It also allows you to attach photos so people can see what you're talking about. And so when you find a problem area, you log on to the app, you type in the address, you type a description of what the problem is, uh, you kind of choose what section it routes to, sidewalks, vehicles, trees, whatever, and you attach the photos and you let it go. I feel like this
0: should be a necessary download for everyone in Pittsburgh.
1: I, I really encourage it because it, it's it's convenient, especially if you see something when you're on the run, you take a photo of it, you take a photo of a street sign, and then later from the convenience of your couch, you can uh, plug in whatever you see. And it, it's great for everybody and not just uh, disabled people, not just, you know, advocates, activists, you know, everyone Absolutely. Uh, I also do, I, I love working with uh, student groups. There there are a number of student volunteer groups out of Pitt, Duquesne, CMU. They do days of service. Cool. Yeah, it's wonderful. And I'll take groups of students. I've had 20 students at a time. We'll do a canvas of a neighborhood. So I'll send them in little groups of two or three with the app installed on their phones and let them do reports and... We've actually got a lot of uh, changes made and a lot of improvements made to the sidewalks. Uh, what did you find in that? And did were there any resolutions? Yeah, and in fact, I can touch on two different things you asked there. One specific resolutions for the sidewalks. Um, when you report via the app, you do get updates of, you know, someone has been sent to look at it. Uh, the complaint was found to be valid. That's now been fixed. So that's satisfying. Uh, And then if I know that it hasn't been fixed over a certain amount of time, I personally just go to higher ups and whatnot. So this chunk of sidewalk up the street from me that I reported for three years and nothing happened. I finally emailed the mayor's chief of staff directly and said, hey, wow. How can I get this fixed? It turns out the city owned the building that that was a part of, so they're citing themselves for three years. Oh wow. I know. And so the they fixed it in a day and a half, but the best thing is then the mayor's chief of staff did a tweet kind of taking credit for it and I was like, I bugged you for three years. don't even. <laughs>
0: no, that's really good to hear, though. I mean, it's a bummer that it took that long yeah. to get a response. But the fact that, you know, the city owned up to it. But I'm, I just tend to think about all of the situations that are just like that throughout the city. Um, and in your particular case, this was one in your neighborhood that you've had eyes on for a while. But I'm I'm glad to hear it got fixed. And hopefully that makes your life a little easier. Yeah. What else are you focused on right now?
1: Well, the the two problems that we're still facing and having a lot of trouble with and having a little resist a lot of resistance on um are the e-scooters and the delivery robots. Mm. Um e-scooters are a problem, you know, a people ride them on the sidewalk, which is illegal. Right. And so that's that's a hazard for small children, for blind people, for people who are slow or unbalanced. Definitely a problem for wheelchairs. I I had a standoff with someone who got really mad at me and I said, no, no, you're the one breaking the law. No. I get the delivery robots I mentioned. That's a state thing. The city has no say on it. I'm not going to give the city heck about that because they literally can't fix it right now. We could just Get humans and pay them better, and they would do a good job. Good point. Yeah, you know, there is time and a place where an autonomous vehicle is useful, but you know, essentially, the things that the state are planning, it, it, the state is planning on bringing in these very tall robots that can go at quite impressive speeds. Then you look at our sidewalks, and it's like I'm not just worried about the wheelchair users. I'm worried about a robot tipping over and flattening a child. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but like it's going to happen.
0: And and these robots are going to have to navigate the same sidewalks that you're trying to
1: fight for. And it pisses me off. It pisses me off that they might improve the sidewalks for the robots, but not for wheelchair users. Like, that is bull. I like when you get fired up, Elisa. I should have more rights than a robot. I should be more valued than a robot. I get that I don't have it, you know, bring income to the city, but, like, my humanity should be more important than a robot.
0: Absolutely. So, Elisa, you said something before in the past that really stuck with me. You said that your wheelchair doesn't disable you. The world does. Mm-hmm. Can you share what that means to you?
1: People use the phrase confined to a wheelchair and wheelchair bound. And those are horrible, horrible things to say because they make wheelchairs sound like some imprisoning thing. mm mm-hmm. My wheelchair is my freedom. You know, I have multiple sclerosis. I can walk through my house, but I I can't walk or stand for very long. I get dizzy. I fall. I hurt. And so I use my wheelchair. My wheelchair is a tool mm-hmm. that I use to get out. The same as, you know, someone who doesn't want to carry their child has a stroller because carrying a child is tiring. You know, for me, walking is tiring. So I have a wheeled thing to get around you know, in a world that had great sidewalks, sliding doors, ramps, I wouldn't be disabled. I'd be able to get everywhere just the same as, you know, someone who's currently able bodied is able to do now. You know, it's you know, it it's the it's the world that creates the disability, not my chair.
0: Lisa Grishman disability advocate, founder, and leader of Access Mob Pittsburgh. Thanks so much for
1: being here. Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure.
0: Before you go, a little more news. Remember the pandemic home buying frenzy that had people outbidding and overpaying for houses? According to real estate experts, the fight is fizzling out, and Pittsburgh-area home prices are expected to stabilize. The median home price in Pittsburgh last month was $200,000, which is a 7% drop from last year. Senator John Fetterman still claims Braddock, but he doesn't have an office in Pittsburgh, at least not yet. He's still getting inpatient treatment for depression, but his office says they're going to open a home base in downtown next month. It'll be his fifth in-state office. And the 1027 Healing Partnership plans to keep working another five years. The group was created in 2018 in the aftermath of the mass shooting at Tree of Life Synagogue in Squirrel Hill. They provide mental health support, and right now, with the trial for the accused shooter coming up in April, there's a lot more work to do. Our very own Mallory Falk, who grew up attending services at Tree of Life, talked to them on the anniversary of the attack about processing that grief. We'll have a link in the show notes. That's all for today on CityCast Pittsburgh. I hope you enjoyed the show. We'd love it if you give us a review and spread the word. Tell your friends, neighbors, the checkout folks, the Giant Eagle. We want to keep reaching Pittsburghers like you. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to our Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. I write it and I work hard to bring you the news you need to know, plus all the other fun stuff like events and neighborhood guides. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you then. This is my this is my trial one, sorry. <laughs>